Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Welcome to the Marketing Money Podcast. This is your host, John Oxford, and my compadre over here, Mr. Josh Mabus. I'm here. He is here today. We are, uh, we've just returned from Nashville again, but you'll probably hear this uh, a little bit later. We attended the national conference, and now we're back to our regularly scheduled programming where we're not live broadcasting inside of a uh, conference hall and hearing from America's greatest people known as bankers that's my opinion though uh anyway we had a question and so we decided to turn that into a podcast the question was and it was pretty just uh general pretty pretty neutral set up what is it i'm i'm on the edge of my seat oh i see that you are well don't be (laughs) (laughs) anyway it said uh what makes a good commercial and give us a little uh, insight into Good television production. I'm guessing they mean for banks. For banks and for television advertising. It said advertising in the subject. So, oh, okay. Uh, commercials. Commercials. Yeah, so um, let's talk about that for a minute. I think we can get 20 minutes out of that. I think we can. Let's, let's get a little clock going. So I'll start out this because I'm always the critical one. I'll say I, I see a lot of bad television commercials. Where? Yes. On television? Well, I see them on my phone, too, sometimes. But mostly, yes. Let's just say commercials, not television commercials. And I think it starts with, maybe it's when I watch local news and local programming. I see a lot of mom and pops that they don't want to put the money into production. And I can understand why. They don't have enough to put $100,000 down for something incredible. But you don't have to. I think they need to know that, number one. Number two is, I think bad production can hurt your brand as bad as not doing a commercial at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't adhere to the no such thing as bad publicity line. Maybe this is dying, maybe not. Maybe everybody went out of business. But these really junky local, like, jewelry store. The pan scan? Yeah, that, you know, you're buying a however many thousand dollar engagement ring, but it looks like... Three months salary. That's what Zales, I think, said. Somebody like that, maybe De Beers. Anyway, there's a whole, like, thing, Google that it's pretty cool how they like made that a thing with just messaging it wasn't a thing and but you're buying it from like a two dollar ad and sure you're saving money sure you're on tv but production value absolutely does play into it knowing your limitations i believe you can craft some messaging around uh, production value and a jewelry store critique doesn't really help a banker but um, what about automobile ads they're always yelling why are they always yelling and here's the thing if one of them did it Oh, that's your unique brand position or your you're the your, your stick. You're the yelling guy. But they're all the yelling guy. What I've heard, um, I asked for a justification of this from somebody who, who would know. And their reasoning, I won't say the reason, this is not definitive, but that when you decide to buy a vehicle, a uh, thing that depreciates incredibly. It's when you drive it off yes, the lot. Uh, by, by a large percentage when you drive it off the lot. That you're legally insane for 72 hours around that decision. (laughs) The insanity of those yelling at you car ads somehow plug into that insanity. 
makes sense. I don't know if I agree to it, but, you know, it's one of those things I don't understand, and I have to somewhat trust the fact that if it didn't work, that people wouldn't do it. But we we work with a car dealer that doesn't. What I find interesting is that fast food advertising, if you're talking about production of commercials, is usually better to me. This is well, they make their food John, look better than it is. That and just the quality and the messaging and even comedy or seriousness is often better than advertising for jewelry or automobiles. These big ticket items. Yeah, so I'm going to go drop $40,000 for an F-150 if you can even get one for that much these I days. I think you're yeah. – I'll take the over. Yeah, and yet I'm going to have a better, more quality advertisement for a $4 Happy Meal or whatever. And yeah, my, guess who spends more money on research? That yes. And and that's, you know, a, a little corner we can peel back for a little while is when you look at these national brands, uh, you can begin to see trends. They are spending money on on research. So you can begin to follow that a little bit. You know, if you're selling a, you know, a dollar hamburger, I mean, because you can get one for a dollar, I think it at most fast food places or somewhere around there, and, and they're willing to spend that much. You know they're making it up on volume. They have to because these these commercials, I mean – it could be a half a million dollar commercial, just production wise. Before you go back in, that how can a and I'm not talking about celebrities. I'm not talking about buying, which we'll do a podcast on buying music. That's another we can do. But let's not talk about music or celebrities. What could make a commercial that darn expensive? Unions. You think so? Well, I know so. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I want to go into that. So let's see. I'm a bank. I'm I don't know five billion dollars, and you know we've got a lot of income. We're making. 20 million a quarter or whatever net. And so I'm sitting here looking at all this money. Hey, we can buy another bank. We can put it into a dividend. We can do whatever. Why wouldn't I take it and buy a half a million dollar commercial? And maybe I could, but my question is, what so unions is one. Let's count these down. You know, what else is so what's it, why is it so expensive? Talent's gonna be a big part of it. Music licensing that you've already said we can't talk about, but those are two that play into it. Just location. I mean Look, the thing about, about shooting television is when you're serious about shooting television, the first place you're going to look to go is L.A. because that's where the production companies are. That's where the back lots are. And I'm talking, you know, this is what a major national. We're talking about Pepsi, Wells, Budweiser. B of A. I mean, these guys, basically at some point when you have enough assets and enough revenue, and we're not talking to those guys. We're talking to community bankers. But let's start there. There's just a. At a point in time in business, there's a you have to go to LA to shoot a commercial, and the stuff's just more expensive. Just the overhead of of hotels, everything trickles down into a very expensive for the, spot. For the average bank just going to LA with people would be the cost of what they probably spend on their I mean, entire ad. John wouldn't may not open up and tell you this, but I'll rat him out. He has been in an LA film commercial, and I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Sometimes because we've shot a lower budget commercial or all the commercials we shoot are lower budget um sometimes more than is necessary goes into those to josh's point back when i got super lucky and landed a spot in an ad back before i found out that i was terrible at any type of acting which i am they would say you know action and i would have the camera on me and on the other side of the camera would be and I'm saying this literally, which I hate the use of that word all the time. But there were but, literally, but, but, there but, were, but this is accurate. But there were literally set literally seventy people on the other side of the camera, from DPs, crews, you know, wh- whatever you name it. I had three people just to follow me around all day. And if someone was going to move, uh, he talked about unions, and this isn't a bash unions. They 
goodness knows they have a, a right to do what they do and, and unions are needed when they are needed. You know, someone to unplug a light and plug a light in. There's best boys, there's grips, there's all these different. It's very compartmentalized. As John said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But when you get into those absolute specifics, you know, there's some, some costs there. I mean, I'll tell you, it costs that much because people pay it. I mean, that, it's a direct inflation but you can uh, tell. You can absolutely and, tell. And you can tell, man. You, I mean, it's, it's somebody's salary. It's an artist. I mean, when you can tell when, you know, a guy like me runs the camera versus someone who's won Emmys and, and awards. And um, not that I haven't won awards, but just not. There's a difference. I mean, are you going to, you know, whatever, LeBron makes more for playing basketball than I would because there's a definite skill level. And it's up to him to set what that what that value is. So it's it's cast and crew and and things like that. But look, we're talking about a world, a fantasy realm for most of everybody, including us, to shoot those LA ads. But the point is 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 there is a law of diminishing returns that, that kicks in at some point. That if you could shoot those ads, I believe that you always up your production value as much as you can afford. But there are absolutely ways to shoot TV with budgets under a hundred thousand, under fifty thousand, you know, under twenty. Yeah, and so uh, so let's let's start with a couple avenues that makes for good production at whatever cost. You start with lighting. You've got the whole production side of wardrobe and scripting and writing, but let's talk about the physical elements before the physical elements. Yeah. And the physical element, one is, is lighting makes such a difference, and that's where you can see it in local ads. If you have a local and national ad buy going back and forth in a commercial break, the national ads, the lighting will be crisp, clean. It works well, you don't well for HD. It. I mean, that's the yeah, first it thing. Just, you, it you, just looks natural. You don't you don't notice it, um, and you pay a lot for that. I mean, the, the practitioners, the gaffers is the technical term who can who can light a scene. But before that, there's production design. I mean, that's planned. They don't just show up and start kicking lights around. Pre-production goes into that. You know, being able to do that versus um, a little LED news light set on top of a VHS camcorder. Make your eyes look like they got dark under them and the, and the background's in focus and you're not in focus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can go grab some people here from around the studio that can tell you much more about this, but you're absolutely right. I mean, lighting is a big deal. I mean, just the quality of the lighting equipment itself. Second, audio. Local ads I see a lot of times have really bad audio. They've recorded through the camera. They record, heck, some probably use an iPhone or some type of other recording device. I don't know if it's boom mic, if it's lapel micing, however you want to talk about it. Don't underestimate your audio. Well, I mean, think about this show. Um, the funny thing is, is that people tell us how professional the show is with a little bit of surprise. It's I got, because I got two turntables and a microphone. We got two microphones and a turntable. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're here um, speaking into nearly $500 mics on $200 um, boom arms, um, running into whatever $1,000 board. The equipment matters and the, the people that run it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we could talk about lighting. We could talk about cameras. And the equipment matters and those who run it. Now, I will say this. I feel like we're probably in danger of tuning some people out. Okay, well, I get all that. But this stuff is accessible. There are people outside. You can rent it. Yeah. The, well, I'm just saying the talent, the people to run it. There are smaller production studios all over looking for work. I mean, let's just be frank. And that work is absolutely accessible. Now, you have to vet. You may have to fly somebody. You may have to drive somebody. But it's it's worth it. it it's worth it. 
And, you know, there is a middle ground between L.A. production value and then what you can do on, on a community bank budget. I mean, we do it. We, we, I mean, this is something we absolutely do. We've, we've, um, we've made sure to find ways um, that are affordable, and, and we produce um, very high-quality spots. Yeah, and the other thing is if, if you're going to do a, a local or regional ad buy versus national, most of the ads you'll be against will be local. And so if you're just a little better, you'll look a lot better. And when I say a little better in production, you'll look a lot better on the screen. There's only that, but um, I would dare say that most of the people listening to this aren't advertising. I mean, there, there's that technical barrier to it that I don't know. I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to spend more money. It's uh, you know the danger of putting that budget out there and maybe not being efficient. But I will say this. It, if you do your research, it is accessible. The fact that we're getting commercials let obviously lets us know that people are, are thinking about this. You know, it's hard to give advice on exactly what to do. I mean, especially via audio. We're going to tell you how to do a lighting setup. We can't do that. But the original question is what makes a commercial good? The first answer I would use would be kind of smart aleck which it performs. But here's what we have to understand is there's not a whole lot of bank advertising on television right now. And I really kind of cringe from saying that because I don't want you all to run out and, and advertise because that will make my job more difficult and John's job more difficult marketing. I think there's a lot of bad messaging too. A lot and of bad I'm, messaging. I'm, I'm going to go critical because I'm the critical, you are? the bad cop on this. There's a certain national bank right now running an ad, stay nameless because that's what we do, that's running a heavy ad buy about depositing your check in the ATM. And I'm sure with the money that they have, they've done research and know that this is a product that their customers want and they need to make them aware of. But I thought we passed that with mobile check deposit in the phones, and all of a sudden now you're driving people back to the ATM. I don't know if there's a fee associated with putting it in the ATM. I don't know if they're just doing that because they've run out of ideas or if it's just that's something they have great research that says customers, we've got a lot. And it's a national bank, so they've got a lot of ATMs. I mean, probably five, 6,000 ATMs, tons of them. So it may be that's a benefit. I, yeah, my, my gut would be that either a marketing director made a decision that we need to reinforce our physical presence. And our convenience. The, the dominance of our physical presence, that we are everywhere. Or they did some research that showed maybe a false thing. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, but it's just so telling of what research can do if not administered by someone who can kind of pick through. I'm not saying these guys couldn't do that, but I've seen worse mistakes by bigger national brands, is interviewing some millennials, asked them what the first decision they made in choosing a bank, and they told me location. I mean, this is like 20, 25 millennials. I mean, younger millennials, 20s, early 20s. The, the guys that y'all want, I mean, that we all want, right, that the executive management wants us to go grab. And so I challenged them and said, when's the last time or, or if, when, how many times have you been to the bank in the last three months? Zero. Six months? Zero. Twelve months? Zero. To the point where they were kind of aggravated at me for pressing. But that was a false positive. They didn't – I mean, we can back into maybe why they said that because, um, you know, they want the bank there just in case they can – but the other part of it in messaging is if we're going to spend money, whatever it might be, a significant amount of budget to produce something, television, a commercial, that's what we're going to pick. I mean, that, that's just that, what it makes That's you. where I am on it. it and, and so now we'll be double critical. There's a national phone brand that has 
Oscar award winning actor, maybe even Emmy too, with some of his musical soundtracks, Jamie Foxx in it. And I think it is the absolute worst use, worse use of his star power in the ad. Well, I mean, it's a cheap knockoff. Of the, it was from the Apple. To- who else has done that? Then, well, Apple did it first with the two guys with mm-hmm. the, or maybe it was PC that did it, but the PC and the Mac. Uh, uh, it was so it was Mac that did yeah. it. I, I'm, that was long. Then, mm-hmm. then it became kind of the direct TV. I'm something, and you're something. I'm the artsy fartsy Tony Romo, and I'm Tony Romo. And then, it, but now it's become kind of a morph of those two. Like I'm yeah, this, and I'm that. You've got a white background with. Not as good of writing and, and interaction and star power. You don't have these actors, Justin I Long. I mean, it's Jamie Foxx. Yeah, but you don't have the person who just absolutely represents and then this other side. It's just... Hey, I, I remember it, so, but I but my mind, I remember it because I think it's bad. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a miscue. I don't... Who knows? I mean, it's what I said earlier. It, it's good if it performs, and they continue to run it. They haven't pulled it. There's a cereal brand that I saw that just ran this weird ad, like purposefully weird ad to like get adults to buy cereal again, and it was so weird, and I saw this thing. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's just this whole, like... It's kind of like a... Pee Wee's Playhouse on acid, like everybody shows up because somebody opens a cereal box and their features are like way big and it just, it's surreal. And that thing ran for like three weeks. It was canceled um, just because it was so weird. So you see that, but look, let's go back to banking. We're talking about something that you can't get too weird on. I mean, and I think that's a good. Unless I'm going to give you banks real quick. As he said, weird. I think it's good weird. I really like what they've done. If you want to look at some examples, go check out First Bank out of Colorado on YouTube. Look up First Bank. They did this whole sort of Amish kind of shtick, and then they did some uh, technology deal. They did a deal where the boy uh, can't buy his dog because he, his, dad, his dad doesn't have P2P payments, and the, they run out of money before he can pay for a dog. And it's this beautifully shot ad. looks like something from Little House on the Prairie and young Ricky Schroeder, who was not in Little House on the Prairie, but the kid looks like Silver him. Silver Spoons. Yeah, but the kid looks just like him. Starts uh, starts crying and and so, and it they're they're weird, but they are good weird in the fact that they they connect to the audience. They have a banking message and they're memorable. And so I think if they do all three of those, they've hit it. So if you want to look at an example, and and I don't know much about First Bank out in Colorado, I have no idea what they would have paid for that. They're out in but. Denver, so but anyway, uh, um, check them out if you're looking for one. It's Old National, excuse mm-hmm. me, Old National. They actually won Indiana. the ABA competition. And there's, I don't think is as memorable, but the production of value is amazing in it. I mean, it's it's amazing about a pen that travels through the life of these two, fam- well, a family that becomes another family, and the pen kind of tries to tie it in together. Um, but the production value is almost, you know, movie quality in it. Well, the thing is, where, where it gets to be a dangerous realm, where you get close to the edge, is using humor is it's not funny when it's my money. Like Capital One, we've talked about this before. That's not my money. Offline. I'm borrowing, I'm borrowing it. Yeah, it's 21, at 21% or whatever. It's a credit card. And you can use something funny like the Vikings. But when it's my money, it gets to be a little more serious. And so that always gives me pause when we're doing humor, especially if we're joking. I do think we could make sort of a universal rule that the bank can't be the butt of the joke. Something else has to be. Because you're the strong financial institution that might rescue somebody from another situation, which is kind of the well, the Amish do. Yeah, they he's talking about bur- burying his money in a can, but instead, and he's it's so use silly. His phone, yeah, right. Instead, um, that I think he gets shunned or whatever yeah. because he's he's using his phone because it's a better choice. And they're funny and well done, and and like I said, they 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 walk that line incredibly well. But they're not the butt. They're the they're the solution. To the problem that the that 
perceived problem that the Amish have because of their shunning of technology. Speaking of that, DirecTV ran a very similar ad after they did those with the guy with his, I have my stomping and <laughs> And your hoop and you, and you have the your stick hoop. in the hoop you and the doll. You know, this is it's kind of all over the place. A very, very general question. Very, very difficult to answer a how to do it. I mean, it's it's find somebody to produce it within your budget that brings the best production value that you can afford. And that means that's not just the people running the camera, setting up the lights, that's the messaging. Um, there's a tex, uh, a bank in Waco, Texas, a commercial bank down in Texas called Citizens National Bank. We're both fans. A guy named Brian Fonville, uh, who was on a po- an earlier podcast that takes Home Depot scoop light a DSLR camera and offline recorder and makes these fantastic videos that, that break every rule I just said. They use humor. The bank is the butt of the joke, and they just really stand out. But they're YouTube. I mean, yeah, they're YouTube. They're not really they're not, on, on national. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, they work. You know, they have the, that potential to become viral. You know, this is, again, I mean, how do you bake the best cake? Well, you go get the best ingredients and you have a chef or, you know, a, a baker make it for you. But to that point, I dare say a lot of people, they think about as a banker, and I would I would think you would, uh, the messaging, what product or brand you're pushing, and sometimes you forget about how important pre-production is, how important lighting is, how important audio is. I mean, in the town we shoot a lot of stuff in, there's a train that runs right through the middle of it, and I can't tell you how many times you have to stop an ad and be like, oh, the train's going to go by. Yeah, And There's we tried t- to get the schedule, but you can't because of Homeland Security. I mean, you you, you cannot plan around it the, the times, but you have to plan to break. So pre-planning is going to be a big portion of this to make a successful outcome in budgeting. Give me, give me, give me a ballpark. Non-union, non-SAG ad for a bank in a small to medium market. What would you budget? Ten, fifteen thousand dollars at least. I mean, you have to. I mean, you have to at least be there. It really depends. I mean, you're gonna have talent, then you have rights to that talent of how long. Um, you, the thing I, I guess I would say is this: go back to this planning part about what. If, if we talk about universally, what makes an ad better than than another ad? It's planning. I mean that that is you've planned your budget. An actor, you can um, pay for their rights for a year for a certain geographic area, but you'll have to renew those rights in Same the next with music. year. Same with music. But if you don't plan that and that comes back and catches you, you're running an ad three months into the next year and a lawsuit shows up. You just were the hero the year before for making these great ads. Let's say your ad was great, but then you're on the hot seat because what? You didn't plan. One of the more difficult questions we've gotten for sure about um, how to do Again, the universal answer is planning. With a professional. Planning with a professional. The easiest part would be to hire us. You know, I mean, that's how you make a good, reasonable ad. But, you know, somewhere in low side, um, not doing it yourself. I mean, again, go back to Brian Fonville at at, um, Citizens National in in Waco, Texas. And back to my cake example, you can go hire uh, the best baker, patissier in the world and give them the right money and the right ingredients so they can make it. But there's some people that bake a very great cake at home. So, and that's a Brian. He, he has the talent. He had the drive to do it. There are others I just don't know, so I'm sorry for leaving you out. So it's not that you universally have to, but somebody's got to be the professional. Mm-hmm. He gave a great presentation at the ABA National Marketing Conference about the mistakes that he's made and how he's learned from those by not doing great audio, by not doing great lighting. and But really, it goes back to not planning. You got that last-minute 
video that needs to be shot in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably not going to work. And, you know, a lot of it's a function of your budget, but uh, you can plan away a lot of that. That's going to be how to reduce it. But I would say the sweet spot's going to be fifteen to $50,000, which is a pretty big range. And if you're going with SAG and unionized ads, I mean, you're, but that's ta- gonna be the you're, low talking, end about, of you're some... talking about getting up in the hundreds to $200,000. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I mean, craft services. If you go the full route, you're talking very expensive. And then if but, you talk real talent, and when I say real talent, I'm talking like known actors. Yeah, don't get antsy though. Don't don't go just make a decision to shoot it and hire the first interview people. I mean, if you're not shooting TV now, what do you have to lose by interviewing people and just spread out? I think the thing where you and I hit um, being able to get our budgets in a reasonable area is that nobody nobody was expecting TV. It wasn't against a, a budget or, or a deadline. It was against a budget, but nobody was banging down our door when we first started to shoot TV. Now that paradigm has shifted a little and bit. Everybody wants us to do it because we've done it. Because they look great. the own home. We've done a good job. You can go check them out online if you want to. Uh, we're about out of time here with our, our new self-imposed podcast timing machine, magic machine over there. Uh, and I know we've rambled a little bit on, on this podcast, and I always like to close with the tactical takeaway. So this one, I'll echo what Mr. Mabus said. Plan, plan, plan. Did I say plan? Plan some more. Lighting, audio, camera quality, using professionals. Take time to cast it. Work on your messaging. And then don't have your bank be the butt of the joke. Humor is funny, but it's also probably the hardest thing to do in a commercial. But check out some of the examples we mentioned uh, Josh, there's anything you would like to add uh, about television production? He said fifteen to to fifty thousand, and that's still and that's still low yeah. if you're talking, you know, big boy depends advertising. Depends on what you want. It depends do, on what you want. You can do motion graphics. There's all types of angles you can do that could be in that. But and the, but, but and, to answer the question of the listener, plan. I mean, that's the simple answer. I yeah. don't think we've mentioned that yet. Yeah. And if you have any questions about planning or a checklist of what should go on that, shoot us an email. You can go through Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com or just www.marketingmoneypodcast.com. There's a contact us in there. Shoot us a question. And if you want to know what should go into that planning, lighting, time schedule, you know, whatever you need, kind of a rundown, we'll be happy to get with you on that. And um, I'm sure the Mavis Agency would love a little extra business if they could get it, but this show is not about them, but it can be. <laughs> it went. Keep talking about sponsors, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Somebody else wants to sponsor it if uh, Red Cameras want to sponsor it. Yeah. yeah we, we'd love to talk about Red Cameras and how they work in a $30,000 camera. Yeah. Sure. Or more. Sure, or more. Or we can shoot on film. <laughs> yeah, go there. Ari, Alexa, anyway, call us. That's the end of this uh, Marketing Money Podcast Drone On. Um, we uh, talk a little about TV. So uh, until next time, signing off, this is John Oxford with Renaissance Bank and Mr. Josh Mabus with the Mabus Agency. Say goodbye, Josh. Goodbye. Josh. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.